body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Rodosovich, joined alongside Jacob Stinson and Jacob Phillips. Gentlemen, how you guys doing on this fine evening? This has been a theme now when we open it to me and I just talk about the blues. Uh, so, uh, and in the background right now on my computer, I have the current game, which is Blues Flyers right now. Uh, it's not going well. Uh, it's second intermission. Blues are down 3 nothing. Oh, no. And Oof. yeah, it's just not great. And the the Flyers reverse retros, honestly, seeing them in person, not a fan. Nah, but you know what? I'm not a fan of. Actually, I am a big fan of this. Blues losing seven in a row, possibly eight after tonight. Probably eight. They're down. Yeah. They have twenty minutes to erase a three goal deficit against the Tortorella coached Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, good now for some reason. Uh, yeah, I don't know where who expected that to be honest. And it feels weird this year, man. I'm a. Uh... I'm happy, although very confused. What kind of a world do we live in when both the Blues and the Penguins are on seven-game losing streaks? A good world. Very good world. I'm very as a Red Wings confused. fan, very good world. <laughs> as, a, as a Canes fan, uh, Penguins on a seven-game losing streak is really nice. Uh, blues confuse me, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave the NHL stuff at that. This college hockey podcast. And we're going to get right back into that MSU with a very impressive sweep this past weekend against the Wisconsin Badgers. First game went in favor of the Spartans 5-0 following up with a 5-1 victory. We got a lot to break down, but we'll focus on game one right now. Middendorf, who had one assist to zero goals going into the game. He, oh my goodness, he gets the monkey off his back and he takes that monkey and throws it out of Mon Ice Arena. He gets the four goals. It's MSU first, MSU's first four goal performance since January of 1998 when Sean Berenz scored four goals in a 6-1 victory over Northern Michigan. So it's been a while since a player scored four goals. He almost had a had a shot at a fifth too, which is crazy enough. But Minendor finally get the monkey off his back, four goals and pushing MSU over that finish line, and he wasn't the only one of good performance, but what do you guys see in that first game? I mean, yeah, like you said with Middendorf, I mean, just crazy night as is. Like He he was doing pretty much anything you could have asked for him to do, doing a, doing all the little things well, kind of throwing pucks on net, um, was in the right spots a lot of times, able to position himself for rebounds, uh, just some firing, some shots off from the point. It was kind of funny later on in that game, uh, as like the clock was winding down, it was like, yeah, it's clear that MSU is going to come away with like a blowout here. Uh, <laughs> Middendorf is like uh, is on the ice that line, uh, and they're like kind of, they're like trying to feed Middendorf. They're trying to go and get him to go for five. Yep. <laughs> um, it was it was just funny to me, but that game was just wild to watch in person. It's funny. I'm pretty sure you can hear it because uh, Ryan was getting like live videos of the game, or, like. Trying to get live videos of all the goals and stuff like that to post yep. on Twitter. That I was live tuning the game was doing a good job. You I were, you were. But no, I was sitting next to you, um, and like I think you can hear me talking in the background in a couple of them, like Mindorf again. Like, that's a hat trick. That's a hat trick. Or like that's four. Mindorf again. <laughs> the progression of the holy crap, he's still scoring. I was like, <laughs> this man is just not stopping. But no, it was it was crazy. It was a crazy game. I mean, it's nice for Middendorf to get that um get that monkey off his back, like you were saying. What really though, I'm kind of makes me kind of curious now, is um because now this is we've had two MSU hat tricks um this season alone, and before this, I think it was like in early 2019 was the last time um that MSU even had one. Because it was it was Kodarenko, yeah. Because I remember writing about this after Jack or Joshua's hat trick. But what I'm saying about Jack or Joshua though is after that hat trick game, he has effectively kind of it. It was kind of like a breakthrough game for him because uh, he's been like all over the stat sheet now the past couple games. Um, I think in like the, the three games they played since Long Island, or out of the four games they played, it's um, like two goals and an assist. And the only game he didn't score in was like the five nothing blowout against Notre Dame. So I mean, he finds a way to make his impact on that uh, on that game, and I think 
hope I'm thinking hopefully Middendorf can kind of take that same advantage of it um, and build on this a little more and make it so he, he like Jack or Joshua can kind of become get back to being like the consistent uh, contributor to offense that normally is. So I actually did a little deep dive on Middendorf after the, I think, it was, yeah, it was before the Notre Dame series. And I was going to tweet something out about him because I, I like watching Middendorf. He's one of my favorite players on MSU to watch. And I noticed he was going off on the slow start. So that, that made me do a deep dive. And I noticed that he had a slow start to begin last season as well, kind of basically like the same numbers as this one. So I, I kind of held off on rifling a tweet out saying like, hey, uh, you're not doing too much this year because that would have been kind of mean. And I'm glad I didn't because this this weekend he gets a monkey off his back and slow start compared to, or he started slow last year and he started slow this year and he ended last season with 12 goals, eight assists and 20 points. So I think he finally, like I said earlier, got the monkey off his back and he's going to be in the uh, scoring column moving on throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I was out of town this weekend. Uh, I had to fly home for... Uh, one of my best friends got married. Um, I always miss the crazy games. <laughs> yeah. The the only other game I really missed at Mun was the LIU game where Jagger Joshua gets a hat trick. So eight to four. I, I always miss these crazy games because I'm just sitting there with my phone. I'm like, what's going on? And I see Mid North put up four goals, and I'm just my mind is blown. And going back looking at some of the plays posted on Twitter and Big Ten, I really liked their look of offensive positioning, keeping that pressure on uh, in the offensive zone, really like that aggressive forecheck that we've kind of been talking about all season. And on the flip side, I mean, we got to touch eventually Dylan St. Cyr, absolutely amazing series. Uh, but, I mean, game one, post the first shutout of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Dylan St. Cyr, another hero for this game. I mentioned how Middendorf was one of the one of the big stars. Well, it wasn't just Middendorf that pushed MSU over the edge 5-0. Dylan St. Cyr, first shutout of the season for him. First shutout from, obviously, any MSU goalie this season. He had 44 saves, looked really good. And you, you think a 44-save shutout, you're like, holy crap, he absolutely stood on his head. He he did what he was supposed to do. He just did his job. He like Like I've preached on other podcasts he's a amazingly technically sound goalie and he just he's always in front of the puck always in the right place at the right time and he actually came up with some very flashy saves that were extremely impressive and he just he just took what was in front of him and he handled it he his rebound rebound control was amazing and MSU's defense even though letting up 44 shots it didn't look that bad most of the shots actually came when MSU was a man down there was I think what, 23 penalty minutes. It's somewhere around that mid-20s range in that game. But that's when Wisconsin got pretty much most of their shots off of that power play for Wisconsin. They did not get that many opportunities at all. It was it was definitely a dominant game by MSU, regardless of the shot total in favor of Wisconsin. Yeah, and one of those things, like you were saying, uh, while the shot totals don't necessarily look great in the box score, one of the things Nightingale also talks about a lot that I agree with is you can't really fully evaluate the game based on just numbers of shots on net. Mm-hmm. Um, more so, you have to look at how many of those shots were quality. Like You, you want to be winning the battle of grade-A scoring chances as opposed to the, just the battle of shots on goal. Um, and I think even though the shot totals kind of look kind of lopsided on the weekend, it the quality of shots that Wisconsin was giving was putting on Dylan St. Cyr was not the greatest. And he, he said that himself pretty much in the post-game press conference after um, after the shutout against Wisconsin in game one. was He gave a lot of credit to the defense for it, but basically was saying um, how they're making their, the Wisconsin offense predictable um, and like making things easy for him because if, you know, a lot of the times what they were doing, they just would kind of just throw the puck on net like from like, I don't know, 10, 20 feet away. Um, and St. Cyr has plenty of time to read, read yeah. that, react Yeah, no, no screens, not much movement in front too. Exactly. And there were, so they weren't really doing a great job of getting like any real inside penetration or like anything to put get the puck in like a high danger area. Uh, 
I think the MSU defense was doing a good job of clearing those chances away. And so all Wisconsin was really left to do was just kind of, yeah, throw it on net and see what happens. And nothing really did. Yeah, MSU, a, a couple other things to note. After the 5-0 shutout win over Wisconsin, their uh, power or penalty kill streak went up to 21 in a row. That dates all the way back to UMass Lowell, and we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit going forward. Their penalty kill is looking amazing, and I, I said on the last pod, they actually look better on the penalty kill than most teams do on the power play, and that was what happened this weekend. I I wish I I counted as many shots as Wisconsin had against MSU on the power play, and I did say Wisconsin had a lot a little bit ago, but still I think MSU is actually not too far behind in that stat. That that penalty kill is looking really good, but did did maybe a little bit jinx that, though. We're moving on in the game to when the power play kill did streak did at eventually end but game two kind of the same story i mean msu wins this one five to one no back-to-back shutouts for dylan saints here you really can't ask your goalie from doing that that is absolutely insane but once again dylan saints here coming up huge in the second game he made 44 out of 45 saves that puts him for 88 saves off of 89 shots faced for the whole entire weekend including one goal allowed and then a shutout. That's you can't ask for anything more from your goalie. That's an insane performance on the weekend. And uh yeah, Saints here just looking absolutely sharp in both games. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a 10 to 1 scoring difference on the entire weekend. So I, think, I mean, Michigan State offense looked great, but I think Saints here obviously, I mean, 88 saves. That's incredible performance for a goalie that, you know, coming into the season I know you guys have talked about it before. Like we weren't sure if St. Cyr was going to be the starter. Now, like this is Dylan St. Cyr is Michigan State's goalie. And and that's been the case for a while, but this Period. was a huge statement from Dylan St. Cyr and you know, rightfully so earns the Big 10 first star of the week for his performance. Yeah, not only that wasn't the only Michigan State skater to earn Big 10 star of the week honors. You mentioned Dylan St. Cyr got the number 1 star. Well, Eric Middendorf, who had the first game heroics of four goals, he actually earns third Big Ten Star of the Week. So first and third, no second. Can't go with the the one two there, but pretty gosh dang close. And yeah, it was just it was it was a great great weekend from the boys. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's not really much else that really has to be said. Um, aside from it, yeah, I mean, Saint Cyr was fantastic the whole weekend. Did pretty much everything he needed to, him to do. Uh, what I liked about St. Cyr in this weekend in particular, but really as a whole on the season, is you were talking about how he was kind of called upon sometimes to make those more flashy athletic saves, um, which he has the ability to do, but um, he uses that athleticism very sparingly. Um, and it, he'd be the, the way he plays the game is something that like my old goalie coaches and stuff when I from when I played would salivate over. Uh, kind of that that general play style. Um, my my goalie coaches were when I was playing at least were big big Mark Andre Fleury fans. Uh, or not Mark Andre Fleury, Carey Price or something. The complete opposites. Very, yeah. <laughs> yes, Carey Price. That's who I'm thinking of. Um, I don't know why I was thinking of Fleury, but uh, no, he was a, he was a big Carey Price guy, uh, and he kind of the way he taught was kind of similar to a Price play style. Of you know that like you were saying, emphasis on kind of positioning and technique above all. But like you know, if you got to make the like the quote unquote desperation saves, uh, by all means, you know you gotta you gotta throw the flash those out when you ne- when necessary. But if you can generally keep yourself from getting out of position and still make that save, then that's kind of that's kind of how Saint Cyr operates at least. It's funny that you mentioned that, and a little bit of background, if you guys don't know, Stinson and I were both hockey goalies at one point in our lives. I went on MSU Hockey Hub, shout out Clay, great pod, go go search on all social media, Spotify for MSU HH or MSU Hockey Hub, he does a great job over there. Also, check out the preview of this exact Ohio State series uh, that just got uploaded today, featuring yours truly. Boom, there you go. And uh, that's hilarious that you said that you compared Dylan St. Cyr to Carey Price because that's exactly what I said because they're just technically sound and they, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's just about the play styles more than anything. It's like I'm obviously not saying that he's on the level of Carey Price no, of all no, people. No. no one in the world is. Um, but it, yeah, like I said, a comparative, it, which yeah. everybody loves. Comparative. I mean, like there were players, like there were players I I modeled my game after when I played at the same time. So you know, there you can see the similarities there. So even though this was a a ten to one gold differential on the uh, the weekend for MSU. It's it's weird. I wanted to just put this in and note that this is the first series where MSU's been outshot in both games. Wisconsin got forty four shots to and forty five the second game. To if I could pull them up, Michigan State's thirty five the first game and twenty six the second game. So very low for shots on the second game for MSU, but it didn't matter. The quality of chances they got were amazing. I I I'll put some blame onto Mo and then the uh the backup goalie that stepped in for game two is blanking my mind. But they McClellan. Yeah, McClellan. They they both did not do the best of jobs. There were some squeakers that got in, some right in front that you would want back and wasn't the best series from them. Yeah, McClellan had a really bad first period in that second game. Um but I mean Mo I thought was all right. Like nothing mm. sp- neither goalie was anything special, right? Like they were not the goalie was not what was keeping them in that game, or whatever, because um, they weren't in that game. But yeah, the, like I think honestly, if if the if they just ended that first period at like a zero zero tie, I genuinely am curious how the rest of the game would have played out, because it was pretty evenly matched from there on out. So MSU's. 10-to-1 goal differential weekend was the fewest goals allowed in a Big Ten series since the Spartans held the Badgers to a couple of 3-0 scorelines back in 2015. So the last time they've held a Big Ten series to one goal or to less than a goal is seven seven years ago. So that's that's something I definitely wanted to pop up. And the man who's keeping those goals out, Dylan St. Zier, who we mentioned earned Big Ten uh, first-star honors of the week, he now leads the Big Ten with a uh, .938 save percentage, which is six nationally overall, and is third in the Big Ten, 12th nationally, with 1.89 goals against average. I I feel like a running theme on this uh, this Behind the Mask podcast over the years is MSU goalies going ham. It doesn't stop this year, but this year MSU has the offense to... Uh, Compliment to, it. Yep, yeah. Just... Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's kind of the... It, it's just it's such a different system now and this this team is so so different from the ones of years ago um and that's just the cra- that's the crazier part of it all is it's yeah it's such a night and day difference uh with all with how all of this is going it's yeah no yeah not now that we're in the the dylan saint Cyr, adam nightingale i guess era it's just i don't know it, it's hard to describe but like even if the goalie was allowing like 40 shots or the team was allowing 40 shots on goal, it still never felt like, you know, they were under under attack like that. No, there was never a moment where you were watching. You're like, oh, MSU just let up five shots in two offensive zone entries by Wisconsin. Here they go. No, it never, never felt like that at all. Mm-hmm. I think that <clears throat> I think that kind of demonstrates, uh, you know, Michigan State's trust in in St. Cyr to really save a lot of those easy shots that Wisconsin puts up. You know, talk a lot about Michigan State defense needing to help St. Cyr out in a lot of those tougher games, but this was one where it was really, you know, focus on the offense, focus on the forecheck and positioning, and, you know, certainly by the end of game one, they realized St. Cyr's got the defense locked at this point. You know, 10-1, to 1, and I think that's really kind of rejuvenating confidence in Michigan State defense. But another thing I want to note on before we move on, Christian Krieger did actually miss this whole Wisconsin series. Wisconsin series, he got injured in the second game against Notre Dame. I have no idea when he's going to return. I'll try to do some digging. We'll try to do some digging here with behind the mask and find out what's going on with him. But I mean, the defense defense not looking lackluster without him. They're looking pretty solid. Uh, Victor Hertig, who's basically stepped up as a uh, as a paired defenseman instead of an extra defenseman, he's been getting better every game, in my opinion. Him and Justin Jallen actually got their first points on the year, one assist for each, so, you know, good, good little nods, pats on the back for them. But uh, MSU, after this series sweep over Wisconsin, 
I was thinking like I was thinking in the back of my head maybe they get ranked. I was kind of uh scratching my beard a little bit and I I like to go off uh USCHO's polls. I I kind of just hone in on theirs and theirs only. So technically they were ranked in pairwise, but USCHO they're not. So pairwise doesn't mount doesn't yeah. matter until it's like February. Yeah. So MSU doesn't reach the top 20 this week in the USCHO polls, but they were fourth in receiving votes, which technically makes them the number 24th best team in the nation on that. So that's definitely something to note. And hey, if they take uh, number 10 Ohio State on and they sweep them this week, oh, they, if they will. sweep them, they're going to be ranked oh, for sure. They'll definitely be ranked. I, but if we're going to be a little more realistic here, I mean, even like a split or something like that. I think still can squeak them in at like 19 or 20. A hard-fought split, maybe like a maybe a semi-dominant win, maybe like a 4-1 win compared to a 3-2 loss the next day. I I definitely see them getting ranked, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even then because you can look at it too. There's some teams that are kind of that that are like at the bottom of the rankings right now that like are the lower end of the ranked teams where I'm thinking if this team did not have, you know, the name rep recognition or the preseason hype, they there's no reason they should be ranked right now. I'm looking namely at number 20, Minnesota Duluth, and uh, probably right now number 18, Notre Dame. But Minnesota Duluth, the only series that Wisconsin has won so far this year. Yeah, and that, yeah. Should, that should say something. I, I, yeah, I had to add that in. So going right into this weekend, well, kind of weekend slate. It's it's a Thursday and Friday, both 7 p.m. starts for this weekend, quote-unquote. But Michigan State welcomes in number 10, Ohio State. The Buckeyes come to town. Uh, last year, they did pretty good in the Big Ten. They actually had a chance to win it all late, but kind of choked and dropped some series. They finished 22-13-2 overall, which was fourth in the Big Ten. This season, they currently are, like I said, number 10 in the USCHO poll. They are 7-2-1 with sweeps over Mercyhurst, Bentley, and Wisconsin, so not really the best of competition there, clearly. <laughs> the highest quality teams. Which, I, I mentioned yeah, this you, on the yep. Hockey Hub podcast earlier today. Um, MSU has more wins than those three teams combined right now. How many wins do those three teams combined have? Five. And <laughs> I think, so Wisconsin has two. Oh, geez. I think Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin has, has two. two yeah. Mercyhurst, I think, has one, and Bentley has two, something like that. So the the people that or the teams that Ohio State has swept not been the toughest competition, but they did earn a split against Minnesota and Minnesota moving up to number one in the polls this week. So that's that's definitely something to note. And Ohio State did not play last weekend, so they are coming off a bye. They're going to be well rested for this Thursday Friday slate. But gentlemen, what do you guys have on the uh, the Ohio State preview this weekend? Uh, I mean, as far as it goes. Um... I think this matchup is a lot closer than people think it would be on paper because you look at unranked team that's kind of been the bottom feeder of the Big Ten for the past Lord knows how many years at this point uh, versus the number 10 team in the country, kind of an upstart program, way outperformed expectations last year uh, and now is rolling once again. I think just because of that, people would kind of write this off and think, oh, yeah, it's going to be an Ohio State blowout. Uh, but the way that Michigan State's been playing, they've been kind of punching above their weight um, all season. Like I said, they skated Notre Dame into a shootout uh, into a shootout win. Um, they've played, like, they've learned at least by now that they can come out and kind of, you know, dominate lesser competition. Like, Wisconsin, or in some cases, uh, Long Island and games like that. So they're they're taking care of business against the bad teams, and they're competing with the good ones from, from what we've seen so far. And I think with so many new pieces on this roster, it only will get better as time goes on. Um, so as a whole, I think this matchup stacks up a lot better for Michigan State than a lot of people would think of at first. I'm kind of on not really the opposite of the spectrum here, but Ohio State, yeah, their schedule really looks, you know, their their schedule looks weaker than Michigan State's on average, 
it's a weaker schedule. But looking at that split that they had against Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota currently ranked number one in the USCHO poll. And, I mean, Minnesota's been doing really well. And I think, you know, being able to split against Minnesota really speaks volumes to kind of give Ohio State that reasoning for being 10th overall. And I think, uh, really, I, I really hate saying this because I feel like we say this every week, but this game is going to be a huge test for Michigan State. You know, this is a, a moment where it's, are they for real? Is this season way beyond expectations? So I think it's safe to say that so far, Michigan State hockey has outperformed everybody's expectations coming into this year. Yes. They've certainly so they've certainly played beyond my expectations. So this Ohio State series, it's one that you want to see some action, you want to see it get really close. But I just I don't know if Michigan State is really at that level yet. And I'm kind of falling back on those on the stats and looking and Ohio State just outclasses them in every major statistic. What you don't want to see is something that happened literally just two weeks ago. Obviously, we've been gloating about MSU's oper- or ability to sweep Wisconsin 5-0-5-1, but you got to go if you go back a week prior to that, Notre Dame, the first game, they got blown out 0-5. I mean, if you look deeper into that game, it wasn't holy crap. MSU got the the barn doors busted off of them, but they didn't play well, and Notre Dame took care of business. They followed that up, though, with a, a 1-1 tie that goes – that is a shootout win, but goes down as a tie. Hate that Big Ten does that. But yeah, for for this Ohio State series, you don't you don't want to see that happen. You want to see MSU hang both game, hang out with them both games, close games, tough competition. You don't want to see them get blown out one game. And it's still early on the season. And yeah, you said it like this is going to be a telltale sign as how this team is going to perform with the rest of the season because it's still young and. We still got a lot to figure out about these two teams. And I think what's really weird about that Notre Dame series is that that first game, they really they weren't playing how they were playing up to that point. And that was one of those really odd, scary moments where you're thinking, okay, when this team faces stronger competition, does it fall apart and fall back into what it has been historically, like in, in recent years? And granted, first road series, you're going to Notre Dame, so in, in in that first game, obviously there are going to be some hiccups. You really are you you want Ohio State to come to Mun, and you really want to play. You know, it doesn't matter really if you win, especially that first game, because Ohio State is, you know, tenth overall. Michigan State unranked. You're you're really you're not expecting to, to blow them out of the water here, but you really have to. You want to play the the hockey they've been. They want to play the hockey they've been playing. It's it's worse to get blown out playing the style that you're you're not you're not good at. You they really want to just. And I I want to see them really play that aggressive hockey, out shooting opponents, really controlling the puck. But I just don't know if they can do that against Ohio State. So what you said, Stinson, I like I like what you said. These teams maybe on paper, don't seem to match up that well or don't seem that similar. But in reality, I think they are extremely similar. Some stats that I dug up right now, Ohio State, number one on the PK at 94.6%. MSU, number four in the penalty kill at 90.2%. And yes, those are nationally national rankings. Those aren't just Big Ten rankings. And then OSU, shots on goal, 36.9. MSU, shots on goal per game, 35.9. The Those are just a couple stats that are eerily similar but I I think it's going to be a really even series and I I think you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about your your little preview there it's going to be close these teams are these teams are well matched and it's going to be close yeah and MSU as a whole is just a very competitive team like they're very rarely do you find them like out of a game I I think I've only seen it happen once all season where I can legitimately say yeah MSU has no real shot at coming back in this uh, and that would be that one five zero Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, just look, talking about Ohio State, I still can't get like a good grasp of where they exactly belong. Yeah, <laughs> because every team they've played is either really, really good or really, really bad. 
Yeah, the another series we didn't mention, they played Connecticut, lost one game, tied a second game. Right. That was one series we didn't And UConn right now, uh, looking at them on the schedule, they're ranked seventh right now. Ooh. They are 9-1-1. One, and one. They are very good. UConn hockey back? UConn hockey is back. Uh, but, yeah, so obviously, you know, well, sure, you know, technically you you can look at the one common opponent these teams have and say that you know MSU whooped Wisconsin by more but whatever the either way there was Ohio State taking care of business against the bad teams and but they're not really doing that against the good teams they're 1 2 and 2 against the or if you combine the or 1 2 and 1 if you combine the Yukon and Minnesota series and in those games, aside from the one scoreless tie that they got into their first game with UConn, uh, Ohio State's allowing six goals and four goals and four goals again. And the only time they won was because they had to score six to do it. So that's a thing that I noticed in here that kind of gives me a little bit of pause. While I'm not saying Michigan State's on the level of, yeah, a UConn or a Minnesota, I do think they they are significantly better than Mercyhurst, Wisco, or Bentley. So I do think if, you know, given the right, you know, circumstances that MSU comes out properly, I think that they do have the potential to kind of catch uh Jakob Dobesh, the Ohio State starter, kind of on a uh, on an off night like that, uh, and possibly get some get some points on the board. So speaking of getting some points on the board, moving on to the blank wins if segment, Michigan State will get some points in Big Ten standings if they do what, Stincy? This is tough. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that kind of ha- they they have to do. I would say just as a whole, they have to kind of focus on possession time. They have to keep the puck out of Ohio State's hands, kind of like the how they normally do. But like like I said, um. Ohio State is a team that we've talked about it with as far as, you know, the coursey percentages and all these advanced analytics you can go with if you want. But you have to, at the end of the day, keep you you have to keep the puck out of the other team's hands. They can't score if they don't have the puck. Simple as that. Uh and given the way Ohio State Ohio State likes to play, if you can just keep the puck out of the hands of the other team, you should be fine. And then as far as keeping up with like the standard MSU game plan, the other half of that is you, when they have the puck, they have to kind of focus, like Nightingale emphasizes a lot, about getting to the inside and getting kind of trying to get those high-quality looks again because they kind of went away from that a little bit during Wisconsin. There was only a, a handful of goals that were that I remember seeing that were like particularly in tight like that. Um. I remember seeing a lot more like perimeter shots and things like that. So I think MSU is going to have to focus a little bit uh, on combination of getting to the inside a little bit more, keeping the puck out of Ohio State's hands. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. That's kind of a two for answer, I guess. But I, I, the more the merrier. And speaking of the more, let's get more. MSU will win if they do what, Phillips? Yeah, I mean, I agree. They got to get the puck out of Ohio State's hands got to really break up Ohio State's offense and really make their goalie work for it. But I also think Michigan State really has to limit penalty time. And it's it's not really a problem I like that. compared to other Big Ten schools. But, you know, looking at some of those advanced uh, advanced analytics, Ohio State's Corsi 4 percentage, you know, basically how dominant they are with the puck, goes up from a 57.7 to a 64 when they go on the power play. And even though Michigan State doesn't spend a lot of time on penalty kill, and their penalty kill is good, I just think you cannot afford to give Ohio State any more help than they can get. They really have to limit the amount of, you know, amount of time that Ohio State has an advantage. And I think penalties are the easiest way to limit that. I'm going to take what you said, and I'm going to flip the script, and I'm going to say MSU will win if they knock a goal in on the power play. MSU is, without looking at it, I think 34th out of 62nd in the nation. Pretty pretty middle uh, 
middle of the pack with their with their power play conversion percentage at around 19.4. I think if MSU gets the aid of a power play goal, that will that will help them win that game. I think these are going to be, I, I won't say low scoring, but they're going to be very close games, both of them in my opinion. And MSU, when they score a power play goal, they're 4-1. and one. So it obviously helps. They don't do it too often. They don't rely on it. But once they do get that extra edge on the power play, it, it helps out. And like I said, 4-1 and one with a power play goal, I think MSU will, will be aided heavily if they get an advantage on the power play and get it to the back of the net. So moving on to the scarlet and gray, Ohio State will win if they do what, Stinzy? They have to get a good performance out of Dobesh. Uh, ah, you stole mine. Gosh, dang it. Sorry. <laughs> now you're good. <laughs> uh, no, but straight up, like I said, if you look at the games they played against the good teams that, that Ohio State has played, Dobesh has not been great. Aside from a scoreless tie, there's been a six-goal game, a four-goal game, and another four-goal game. You can't afford to keep doing that year in, year out and expect to win, especially with the way that Dylan St. Sears has been playing. And kind of how M- the quality of shots that MSU have been allowing to this point, it you can't expect to come out there, let up four, but say, "Hey, we're going to score five instead." It's just not sustainable, and, it's, and I don't think it's I don't think it's going to work against Michigan State. So if they want if Ohio State wants to win this game, they have to get a better performance out of Dobesh. Phillips, Ohio State will win a game or two if they do what? I think they have to come out in game one and in game two and set the tone early. They have to score first, and they have to really just impose themselves onto the ice at Mon. They have to really control that game. Because you look at it, Michigan State, when they score first, are 4-0-1. When, they, when the opponent scores first, 2-3-0. But this is Ohio State. I think if they can get out there and set the tone early and score first and just continue that and really make Michigan State trail and think more defensively get them outside of that offensive mindset that gives them more of an advantage I think Ohio State's got it so that's funny that uh Stincy Stincy took my uh Dobesh doing good that don't worry take it take it that was good I, I like the fact that it happens and then Phillips you say that if OSU scores first that that they're gonna they're gonna have a good chance I I'm gonna go with both of them OSU's got to have a very good performance from Dobesh. You look at the losses that OSU has. 0-6 against UConn. Dobesh was in net. A 6-4 win against Minnesota, but he still let up four goals. And then a 2-4 loss against Minnesota. All of them, Dobesh were in net, and those are good teams. And when you face good teams and your goalie doesn't perform well, that's something that BTN, behind the mask, is going to talk about, bring up on the pod. But what Phillips said, if OSU scores first, OSU has won every single game they've scored first. So I think you you guys both hit the nail on the head there. If OSU scores first, that's going to be that's going to prove dividends towards victory and then if Dobesh stands on his head, has a great performance, has a better performance than he's had against some other good teams, that's going to be the recipe success for the Buckeyes at least for hey, from all of us pretty much. So moving on from the blank wins if going to the Big 10, look at a whole cover Cover what the Big Ten looks like, the rankings, what teams won, what teams lost, blah blah blah. Right now, uh, Penn State. Surprisingly enough, we were we were talking some smack. Who has Penn State played with their eight and zero record coming into this weekend? But now they are they're nine and one. They had a very impressive three zero shutout victory over U of M, and then they eventually dropped the the following game three to four in overtime against Michigan. So they they came out against Michigan and looked a lot better than a lot of people gave them credit for. And then Minnesota, who's currently number two in the conference and number one nationally, they moved up to number one. They swept Notre Dame on the weekend, so they're looking comfortable sitting number two in the Big Ten. Tied for second in the Big Ten is Ohio State. They are currently ranked number 10 nationally. Following them in the Big Ten standings, number four is Michigan State at uh, two two and one in the Big Ten? They aren't ranked nationally yet, but that may change after this weekend. Clocking it at fifth in the Big Ten, it's Notre Dame one two and an overtime loss in the Big Ten overall, and they are four four and two overall. So not the start that they were looking to get off on. Michigan, 
They're sixth in the Big Ten. They've only had one series against a Big Ten team in Penn State, in which I just shared those results, so we're not going to talk too much about that. And then Wisconsin dropping every single six games they played in the Big Ten. They're in last right now, and it's good to see Michigan State isn't that last team right now. We'll just say that. Uh, it feels weird looking at it, and it's like, yeah, MSU's not six or seven on this list. It's just, it's kind of a nice little feeling, enjoying it while it lasts. It's like when uh, Michigan was ranked last because they hadn't played Big Ten. You just, you kind of got to enjoy it during the moment. Take the, take the small victories while you got it. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll retouch on them because there was a whole buttload of information I just dropped on you guys. So Minnesota, number one nationally. Michigan moves from, they were number one last week with their loss against Penn State. They moved to three. Penn State, who was ranked 13th with their performance against Michigan, they moved to eighth. Ohio State moves from ninth to 10th, so not really anything going there. And then Notre Dame, who dropped their series against Minnesota, moves from 12th to 18th. And that is all the rankings for the Big Ten updated to this week. So, uh, hey, without further ado... Let's get into the pickups. What the heck happened last week, Cincy? Uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to talk about it, but I will anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I wish I had a buzzer or some kind of soundboard right now. Wah, 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 wah. So, so we'll we'll start off just with the first normal uh, Big Ten pickums. Um, Nobody correctly predicted the Michigan split with Penn State. We all predicted Michigan sweep. Well, surprising. Uh, we were all rolling with the Penn State as fraudulent narrative. Um, but now they're not. Now they're not. Now I can say they're safely not completely fraudulent. Um, Dare we say Penn State hockey's back? I can't say that after one series. No. Just even though they are 9-1. and one. It's hard to sweep in college hockey. I'll, I'll give it a couple more weeks. Yeah. Uh, but after that, though, on the list, uh, the Minnesota sweep with Notre Dame, I think we all picked something different. I picked a split, uh, I believe. Ryan picked a Notre Dame sweep, and yep. Phillips is the only one that correctly predicted the Minnesota sweep over the Irish, so he gets two points for that. Uh, and then as far as the Michigan State sweep of the Wisconsin Badgers, Ryan predicted a split, no points for that. Uh, me and wow. Phillips both predicted the Michigan State sweep correctly, so we each get two points for that. Um, so Phillips gets four points from the Big Ten pickums. I get two. Ryan gets zero. Uh, and then the part that really grinds my gears. Yeah. <laughs> the behind the mask locks of the week. Hey, we got some the hits. parlays. We hit some. We hit the. We hit some parlays for the first we, time this season. The the first points for the behind the mask locks of the week. Have officially been awarded. Uh, that so, was a drum roll, by the way. Sorry. If, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, what makes me kind of uh, uh, irate, I guess, about this is right before the podcast started, Ryan didn't even pick his. What? No. I looked at yours and I'm like, those are you, great you ca- picks. You li- I, you literally, I like those picks. You those are pressed, amazing. You literally, I agreed with you. Okay, Why are you okay, mad uh, over no, me agreeing? No. So uh, let me explain myself. So yeah, you literally no. <laughs> pressed control C, control V from my picks to your column. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And Good picks. I liked them. The ones that you had picked uh, were Minnesota State to beat St. Thomas mm-hmm. And Sacred Heart to be, I think it was Mercyhurst. Uh, and those both hit. Yay. Uh, so you got you got two points for that. Hey, those are my only two points on the week. Give me something. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> fine. You got yeah. you got two points on that. I had the exact same parlay, except after that, I went through and added one more that I thought would, was fairly safe. I had faith in Drew DeRitter and company to, uh, of, I bet, no, North Dakota to sweep Omaha. Said Hut. Shut up. <laughs> that uh, did not work. <laughs> that, that did not happen. Let me tell you that. So, the issue was, first game, North Dakota win, nothing special, right? What I expected. Second game, shootout loss. Oh, like, that's w- how they goes lost. down. Went down as a tie, but a shootout loss. So I had to break the technicality of a, a sh- in the behind the mask pickums, a shootout or overtime win counts the same, exact same as a um, as the regulation. 
which is why Sacred Her Sacred Heart over over Mercyhurst counts for both Ryan and me, which we'll get on to later on. Right. Uh so there's that. So I hit I got plus two Stinson who went for one more game got off zero. of what I built off of it got zero. So uh but yeah. but, but Phillips also hit his. He the only one he predicted <laughs> for us was also hit his. <laughs> he also he also got the Sacred Heart over Mercyhurst. Mid podcast got talked into it, added added that Boom. last second. And then I only have written down the teams that actually won. So, I don't remember who they played. Uh, you also had Air Force and Western Michigan winning their series. Air Force Western, over Air, Air Force over Alaska Anchorage and, and I think Western, Western was over uh, Miami, over, right? Yep. Yeah. Ah. So he hit that and got an additional three points in addition to the four points that he had already picked up from the Big Ten points. Go big or go home. So the totals for the week. Ryan, with no Big Ten points and a two points on the parlay, just gets plus two on the week. We'll take it. Me, with two Big Ten points and no parlay points, just gets plus two. Uh, after those, Ryan's total is 11. My total is now 16. And then Phillips, with four points in the Big Ten and three points from the parlay, gets plus seven on the week, bringing his total to 17 points, putting him now in first place. God, I wish we could play music or some kind of s- sound effect right now. Oh, we should. Here, here, I'll pull out my phone. That'll be amazing quality. <laughs> my one point lead that is gonna last only this week. I'll be I confident with man. You could carry this lead till the end of the season because that has happened for like half a year. One person was up. I think you were up a long time, like half a year, and then you went down finally at the end. But yeah, take take your one point lead to run with it because hey, I'm. I'm at 11 points to your guys at 16 and 17. I'm not feeling so good. I gotta, I gotta dig myself out of the trenches here, and we'll get started doing that. It's number three, Michigan traveling to number 18, Notre Dame. Who you got, Stensey? I got Michigan. I, I'm becoming less and less sold on Notre Dame by the day. Michigan still very good. So give me the Wolverines. Phillips, who you got? Yeah, I mean. They're... There, there's not much you can say. I, I mean, I'm also taking Michigan. And, you know, Stinson said he's more and more out on Notre Dame. I think so is USCHO. I mean, they're dropping down the pole like it's nobody's business here. Ooh. And, you know, Michigan's still up at number three, even after splitting with Penn State. So, I mean, and it's, yeah, there's not much I can really add to that. I think the the poll rankings really speak for themselves. Yeah, after the what after the Penn State Minnesota series last week, n- now you could say, oh, Penn or not Penn, sorry, Penn State Minnesota, Penn State Michigan series last week. Correction, you look at that and go, Penn State, oh, maybe they're legit, and then maybe you'd look at Michigan and go, like, hmm, maybe they're a little fraudulent. No, they're not fraudulent. They're going to be good this year. That's why they only dropped two points from one to three. I I see a world where Notre Dame pulls one, and I'm. I was big on Notre Dame going into the season, but sitting at four four two, not much of their play has inspired me. I mean, you sure they beat MSU five zero in one game, but the rest of the season they've been on and off, shaky, up and down. So I'm gonna go for the sweep. I'm picking Michigan as well. So we got we got Michigan picking up the sweep across the board there. Moving on to the next series on the slate, a top ten Big Ten hockey matchup. At one of the more electric stadiums in the Big Ten. Number one, Minnesota Golden Gophers travel travel to Pagula Ice Arena, take on the number eight Penn State Nittany Lions. I'm I'm gonna try to watch some of this if I can, because I'm actually really intrigued. But we'll see what we think will happen. Stincy, who you got? I love, oh my God, I love that bite of me so much. I literally, <laughs> I love that you play. I go around my house and I just go up to somebody, Minnesota. They just walk away. No context, no no other words exchanged, just that. So I'm so glad you played that. I don't know why my mind thought to go play that right there. Um, but, I mean. I love that. Reasoning for that being Minnesota, number one team in the country. They're pretty good. Also, um, they're the freshman on their team, Jimmy Snuggerud, is a first-round pick of the Blues this offseason, and the way the Blues are playing, we might need him in St. Louis sooner rather than later. Now. <laughs> but he is very good in the meantime. Uh, and Minnesota, good. Penn State, still don't know. Still could very well be fraudulent. 
Um, so give me the Gophers. Phillips, who you got in this Big Ten matchup? Big Ten top ten matchup. Who? Yeah, I'm I'm still out, a little out on Penn State. You know, mm-hmm. I think one game against Michigan. You know, it, it's it's hard to sweep a, a team in college hockey. We say that every week, and you win one game against Michigan. I I don't know if I necessarily agree and with Penn State at eight four and a four three overtime loss. Mm. I I think Minnesota just has proven themselves to be a, a stronger team. So I mean, I'll take Minnesota. I'm going to ride off the high that Penn State has been riding off of since last weekend. I, I'm i I'm not saying Penn State hockey is in. I'm not saying Penn State hockey is going to win the Big Ten. I'm just saying in that in those two games against Michigan, they, they were eye-opening. They were a lot better than I thought, than a lot of people thought, than probably the whole college hockey world thought. And now they're welcoming in yet another number one ranked team in Minnesota, I think they're gonna they're gonna battle. They're gonna fight. It's gonna be two close games, and Penn State's gonna win one of them at least, and and give and get the split. I, I th- I'm calling the split on that series. Boring. And so in my uh, uh, I, I before the season started, I think we had this conversation of having a like a list. I, I was doing like a preseason power rankings kind of thing of like where I thought each team was gonna finish uh, in the Big Ten. Penn State was the only team that I had finished it finishing below Wisconsin. My I think my original Bless. order that I had this in went Minnesota 1, Michigan 2, Notre Dame 3, Ohio State 4, Michigan State 5, Wisconsin 6, Penn State 7. The Penn State part is not looking great right now. <laughs> the Wisconsin part looking amazing. Oh, Wisconsin. I, <laughs> I mean... In all the worst ways for Wisconsin. I mean... For the most part, it, it still holds up, but that one Penn State thing, man, I don't get why they're so good, why they're like doing as well as they are. Aside from them playing like nobody, it's still uh, early, but it's yeah, still it's still early. it's but surprising. Like, they didn't make too many train uh, changes in the transfer portal this off season, anything like that. They're, my biggest issue with them was goaltending, uh, and I guess we'll get to this part when you know Penn State comes to town and whatnot, but like. Their goaltending was not good, like has made some leaps and bounds for no reason, just out, out of nowhere. So to recap our picks, there I predicted split, and then both the Jacobs predict, predicted the Minnesota sweep. Moving on to the third Big Ten. Well, I mean, the, the, it involves a Big Ten team. It's not a pure Big Ten matchup, but it is. The Stallworth of Long Island University Sharks traveling to the Wisconsin Badgers. Might I add one win for Long Island, two wins for Wisconsin. Some team is either doubling or thirding their win total on the weekend in this series. And uh, we're going to find out who you pick, Stancy. Who you picking? Is, did you, is thirding a word? Uh, no. It is now. It is now. Thanks okay. to Behind the Mask. Yours truly, you can use it. I had a joke. And, I had a joke before when I was thinking about this, and I was gonna. Call, I was just gonna call this the battle of mid and just call it a split, just because of that. But yeah. I, don't, I think mid is actually kind of generous to these, <laughs> these teams right now. Both these teams are awful. Uh, that I, not even you know trying to be diplomatic about it. These teams are just bad. I, if there was a way that both these teams could lose this game, I feel like they would find a way to do it. <laughs> uh, so uh, for now, we got to split. Phillips, you got. So I'm going to look back all the way to Long Island, their trip all the way out here to Michigan State. I Ooh. think Long Island's going to going to sweep. First of all, because I I am fully picking based off of the the notion that splits are boring. So picking sweeps. Whoa, it it's worked out surprisingly. The only sweeping uh, philosophy. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if it works. I mean, it's gotten the lead so far. Yeah. But in general, I think when you compare Long Island's performance to Michigan's at Michigan State against Wisconsin's performance at Michigan State, first off, they scored more goals. I think that that speaks for itself. But I but think it, they got what four goals, two goals, four. Well, so it was three. LIU was three one the first game, oh, and then eight four the second game. So five goals on the and honestly, I still think Pierce Charleston could have played a lot better in that se- in that second game. Yeah, letting up four goals there, yeah. Yeah. But in general, I think LIU 
I liked what I saw out of their goalie, Vinny Perpura, even though, you know, obviously Michigan State taking that series, I just think they put up a lot better of an effort than Wisconsin goaltending. And so I I, I think it's going to really come down to that, and I'll, I'll give it to Long Island. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Uh, Stincy predicted split. Phillips predicted LIU. I need some points, and I think Wisconsin can pull a sweep. So give me the Wisconsin sweep, and maybe uh, maybe some more scoreboard points there would be nice there, college hockey gods, please, please. Anyways, moving on to the last Big Ten game on the slate. Number 10, Ohio State comes to East Lansing, comes to Mon Ice Hockey Arena, and takes on the Michigan State Spartans. Stincy, who you got? I was I've been kind of waffling back and forth between the between Ohio State sweep or Michigan State or I mean or I mean a split for the for the series and I'm landing on a split. I like I said I think MSU is kind of punching above its weight this still this year and I'm not fully sold on Ohio State's ability to win consistently against teams that aren't awful. So. With that, Michigan State being not awful, uh, I think has the ability to catch Ohio State on a bad night and knock one game off of them. Phillips, who we got? Was that even audible? I don't even know if that was audible. I heard it. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm really going to be that guy. Yeah, you are. And, and say, I think Ohio State's going to pull a sweep here. The. No, they don't get that. Okay, good. <laughs> the, the sweep is enough. Uh, I I don't like the way the stats line up. And I know, I mean, these two teams are a lot closer than I, really, than I thought when I made this pick. But uh, I, I just, I see them coming out in, in both games, setting the tone early. And once Michigan State really isn't allowed to play that offense that that really offense minded style they really haven't fared well I think this is really going to be a repeat of the Notre Dame series here at Mon Ice Arena minus the shootout win I think Ohio State's just gonna set a dominant tone and you know I'll say if anything it's going to be close games probably one goal games but I think Ohio State is just stronger I think they just match up a little bit better for me, I'm going to go for split, and usually I have a decent feeling on how these two teams will fare against each other, even though I haven't shown that in the pickums. I don't really know how these teams are going to fare against each other. It's it's an Ohio State that has proven they could take care of lower competition and then you know going toe-to-toe against the big dogs, earn splits, and then I mean, look at Michigan State taking care of business where they need to, earning some splits here and there, sweeping competition when they need to. I'd, it's still early on in the season. We don't know much about these teams, so I'm just going to play it safe, go for the split. I think they're going to be two close affairs, but we'll we'll see who comes out on top. And uh, that wraps up our, our Big Ten Pick'ems segment. Moving on to the parlays, the bonus, the locks of the week. We have to pick only sweeps and sweeps only, and if they don't hit, the whole entire parlay goes kablooey. One point for every uh, series you pick right. So... Uh, we'll go. We'll go with you, Stency. Go ahead and uh, say what your parlay will be for the week. So last week I got burned on adding a third team to my parlay. Mm. I've learned my lesson for this week, and we're toning it down because I need to get back in the lead. So I've only got two this week, and they're two that I'm pretty confident in. I've got number nineteen Merrimack to sweep Maine at home. And I've got Arizona State to sweep Alaska Anchorage at Mullet Arena. Those are my two teams. But this is a weird... This One thing I didn't mention, this is a weird week for um, the out-of-conference slate uh, as far as the parlays go because there are some darn good um, matchups on the schedule here. Oh, yeah. I'm just scrolling down the ones that, I, that none of us are going to touch because... Why would we? Uh, number 11, UMass versus number 14, Boston University this weekend. Bro, 
Hockey East going crazy this weekend. <laughs> number seven, UConn versus number nine, Providence. Woo. Uh, Top ten matches. Number four, St. Cloud. At no, uh, or sorry, number 17, Western Michigan at number four, St. Cloud. Ooh. And for some one that one of you two has parlayed for some reason, <laughs> number two, Denver at number 12, North Dakota. Sheesh. That's just as far as ranked matchups go. So we'll get into who put that in our parlay. Phillips, what you got for your parlay this week? Gee, I wonder who had that Denver pick. <laughs> yeah, so I have Denver sweeping North Dakota. First of all, I never fully expected any of my, my parlays to hit, so I'm I'm playing with house money at this point, so go big or go home. Yeah, you and I had the first parlays that hit while Stinson did not. Give me a high five. Let's be real. Stinson had the first parlay that hit. I high five yeah. myself. That's what the, happened. I had the first parlay that hit, and I added an extra one because I was yeah. I didn't want to have the exact same thing. And I didn't follow you because that was a bad pick, and I didn't like it. So, yeah. <laughs> We're going to fight each other after this, bud. Maybe. Well, well here. We'll, we'll tie about right now. I'll pause it. We'll fight each other, and we'll be back breathing heavily. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Tarps off. <laughs> Tarps off in the Holden parking lot. <laughs> no, no. In, the, in Impact Studios. Oh. We're going to have the board ops checking out a fist fight right outside of their window. <laughs> the board ops are refereeing this fight. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Anyway. Phillips. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've got Denver because, I mean, you look at their schedule, and aside from losing to Massachusetts, they've had pretty convincing wins against, well, in, in an overtime loss against St. Cloud. They've had pretty convincing wins, and I mean, you you look at how North Dakota matches up. They're four and three. Their their schedule is not easy, but you're talking about their their only wins are against, you know, Manitoba and Exhibition, Holy Cross. They sneak, uh, snuck out an overtime win against Minnesota, and they they won against Omaha. I I just think that Denver has been more. I don't know what dominant or just like just displayed that you know their schedule might be a little easier but they've they've taken care of business a lot more than North Dakota and and I think yeah this this is not a, a series you want to pick to sweep but I'm gonna do it because why not why the heck not and oh. then for my safer bet I am also picking Arizona State to sweep Alaska Anchorage. I mean, there's only but so much you can say on that one. Alaska Anchorage just not doing great this year. Arizona State, too. Kind of a wagon. What Do you oh. know their record? No, top, they're 5-4, and four, but they, they started off... It's kind of a wagon. They, st- they, they oh, lost... Geez. So, What's your definition no, no, of a so, wagon? No, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Hear me I'm out. hearing you out. No, you're not, because you're talking over me. But <laughs> They lost three of their first... They lost three of the first four games. Uh, they got swept by Minnesota Duluth, and then they got swept or they split with Bemidji. Since then, won four of the last five, including most recently uh, in the Hall of Fame game out in Vegas, a win over North Dakota. Solid. So Arizona State kind of finding their groove again. They are actually, I think, ranked just above MSU in the receiving votes category at the moment. So they're kind of in a similar trajectory. As Michigan State right now, and Alaska Anchorage just, you know, two and six, they're not good. That's it. Yeah, Arizona State did actually finish twenty third to MSU's twenty fourth in the polls, so you were you were right on there. So Stency, you got two picks. Phillips, you got two picks. I'm going. I'm stepping up. I'm going with the big three. The huge, going crazy, adding one more. Cooking up a, cooking up a nice three-piece right now. Yeah, so we'll we'll see if this comes to fruition. I've got Bentley at Air Force. Air Force is sweeping that one. Air Force, pretty decent. Bentley, pretty bad. Uh, another one I got is Michigan Tech sweeping Lake Superior State. That game, or that series is at Michigan Tech. Kind of the same thing. Tech, pretty mid, superior on a down year. I'll see if I could pick up a point there. And then my third one, Merrimack, kind of surprising team this year. They are uh, they're hosting Maine, and they're going to go with the sweep. So give me Air Force with the sweep. Give me M-Tech with the sweep. Give me Merrimack with the sweep. And give me that parlay hitting with three extra points. Those are the pickums. Those are the parlays. Those are everything. We'll update the score on next week's pod. But we do have a lot of coverage this weekend for you guys. We will be in, tendon- in, in attendance if I could actually speak. That would be cool. 
we will be there at the games for uh, Thursday and Friday against Ohio State. So look for game recaps. Look for maybe a takeaway piece. Look for us live tweeting the action. If you guys can't catch it on a screen or if you guys are busy, we'll be we'll definitely be rifling out some tweets and some stories. So look at our Twitters for that. Look at impact89fm.org. Because we're gonna we're gonna be throwing a lot of stuff at you guys this weekend. So, so yeah. Any, anything else? Any closing remarks you guys got? I personally don't have anything. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, uh, aside from the uh, fact that being a Blues fan brings brings me immeasurable pain. Have they lost yet? Yes, they did. five yeah. to one. Oh. Against, Speaking of five to one, just just like what MSU did against the Flyers. Mm. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode of Behind the Mask. Losing streak is now eight in a row. Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Like I, I said, I like... Immeasurable pain. That's all I had to say. Okay, yeah, let's me, keep moving. Meanwhile, Redding's have seven wins. On Anyways, moving on. It's the end of the episode. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week to break down the Ohio State series and preview MSU's road series against Penn State. From Ryan Radosevich, Jacob Stinson, and Jacob Phillips, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Have a great one.